1: and welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. Maddie. It's been so long since I've seen your beautiful yes. face. Um, I'm doing great. Excellent. Um, we missed
0: you the during our I break and during Claire's episode, so it's good to have you back.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I missed you as well.
0: Um, before we dive into our fun topics for the day um Mm -hmm. by the time people are listening to this on saturday we have new graphics new logo very exciting new stuff on all the social media the website everything so definitely check that out i'll post it all over the gram and special shout out to past guest sarah radin
1: who expertly
0: designed it all for us so thank you sarah
1: Mm -hmm. and uh shout out to the ladies over you know at my favorite murder for inspiring us to make our logo less offensive to indigenous peoples but also just better all around and more color exactly much more color we are all about color going into 2019 yes and our lives are colorful yes lives
0: And at some point, we will probably produce more merch. So even if you have the old merch, if you like the logo and you want stuff with that logo on it, we will have that probably in the new year. We'll say that. Get excited. Get excited, peeps. Yay.
1: Um, All right, Shay, what is your uh, millennial moment? Slash moments. Moments. As I was just talking to Maddie off mic, um, I'm super prepared today. I have a millennial moment, um, a millennial moment slash campfire topic, a general commentary on something, and then a campfire topic. So I'm very well I love prepared. It which I love. So I just am bragging on myself. Uh, But my millennial moment is this year I got what I am terming my first quote unquote real Christmas tree. And by real Christmas tree, I mean I did not buy one of the $20 tabletop trees drunk in a bucket or I would be drunk. The tabletop tree would be in a bucket uh, from Whole Foods. I actually went out to a proper farm with my proper boyfriend and got a proper tree. So Are you saying that our tree
0: exciting. in our apartment was not real?
1: We trimmed that tree. It, was, it was real. Not in a bucket. And it was real with love. <laughs> but it was not seven and a half feet tall like the tree That's I true. have this
0: year. I guess this one's big. So. But mm-hmm. I will push back on our tree not being real.
1: It was just tiny. That's true. I'll post That's a picture true. of it on Instagram and people can see if they think it, it was real beautiful. or not. It was quite the thing of beauty. All right. So I'll back it up and I'll say this is my first tall Christmas tree. Yes, that you went to a farm. That I went to a proper farm. Also, I was not drunk when I purchased it.
0: Also, yes. I did
1: not purchase it. David, consort of the pod, purchased it. Thanks, David. Christmas yeah. cheer all around. Christmas cheer. Christmas cheer. Maddie. Maddie. What is your millennial moment?
0: Well, I kind of have a combined uh, millennial moment hot topic as well, but there's different facets of it, so I'll just get
1: started. Maddie is getting out a notebook. She's very ready. Well,
0: this is my notebook, if I'm showing Shay, but it's my girl boss notebook that I got at the girl boss rally.
1: So exciting.
0: And I took many notes. So the millennial moment part of this is that I myself attended the girl boss rally and for those, oh. it was very millennial in many aspects, which I'll go into. But for those that don't know what the Girl Boss Rally is, it's basically like part business, part wellness, part like women's empowerment conference, and it's by Girl Boss, which is um, like a media company. And they're also starting like a LinkedIn type like social network thing, which Hello. I'm really excited about because I hate LinkedIn, um, and it looks pretty cool. It's called like the Girl Boss Collective. It's in like beta right now, but anyway, so that's what they do. And it was started by Sophia Amoruso, who um, was the founder of Nasty Gal, which is a fashion sort of like vintage website. Um, and she wrote a book called Girl Boss, kind of about her life and how she was successful. That was turned into a not very successful show for Netflix, which we talked about. I remember at the very beginning of this podcast with Katie mm-hmm. and with Elliot and stuff like that. I didn't think it was as bad as some people said, but I also I liked hers. it. Um, but it didn't get picked up for a second season, and Nasty Gale also went bankrupt, so Sophia kind of went through this tough period, and she came out the other side and kind of used what she learned from that, and just from being a cool person, and started this new company. And so in addition to having the website where they write articles, and she has a podcast, and all this other stuff, they do... Um, they kind of bounce back and forth between doing them in l a and new york this is This was the first two day one, but it's basically a big conference where they have like speakers and panels, and um they had like a whole bazaar with like stuff which I spent way too much money on uh crystals. what did you get
1: so oh, crisp, that's right, yeah, yeah it's crystal.
0: so part of what I like about it, not that I'm super into it, but i am always interested learning about these things, and I think it adds a little like pizzazz like. Sophia, I don't know how much she's into it, but the executive ad- editor of Girlboss, Jericho Mandibur, is, like, very into, like, horoscopes. She right, she uh, reads tarot cards. She's all into, like, that sort of stuff. And so, like, Girlboss kind of has that flavor. Like, a lot of their articles are, like read your horoscope and find out how that will like impact your personality at work like stuff like that it's interesting it's fun whatever and so at the bazaar it was all like women-owned businesses and they had you know some like beauty products and clothes and stuff like that but they had a bunch of shops that were like basically like witchcraft candles that you're supposed to like say a spell before you light them and like please sage and like smudges And stuff like this that smelled really good. So I got a bunch of sage and crystals and I Mm. spent way too much money, I dare say. And it kind of freaked me out because I was reading an article. This was not part of my millennial moment, but I'm just thinking about it now. Um, In the most recent uh, Atlantic magazine, I was on Mm -hmm. the plane yesterday and I was reading about it, that um, apparently exorcisms are like on the rise amongst like Catholic priests And they were talking about in this article, which I was like, oh, my God, if this is real, I'm, like, going down so quickly that they were like, why are so many people thinking that they're possessed? And, like, part of it is, like, mental health. But then, like, the priests, if you want to get an exorcism, you can't just, like, call up the priest and they come to your house. It's, like, a whole process where you, like, have to go to the doctor and they make sure you're not just, like, psycho and so even the people that have made it past, like, the You're Not Psycho stage, it's still on the rise. And they think it's because of the rise in all of these, like, crystals and, like, smudges and stuff like this. Like, all the occult, like, weird stuff, which I also have been reading Damien Eccles' book on magic, mm-hmm. which we talked about. And so I was like, and The Atlantic, which is a reputable scientific magazine, yeah. was like, My faith. maybe this stuff is actually, like, summoning the devil and these people really are possessed and I was like oh my god and this woman that they chronicled in the article like she went to the exorcist and they were like you should throw out like all of your sage and crystals and all this stuff and it like really helped her and I was like okay
1: so basically I'm gonna be possessed this sounds like fake news (laughs) secondly I don't know much about all of this nonsense and um I think we've I've mentioned on here before about Uh, In a moment of expert uh, parenting, my mom told me that I shouldn't watch The Exorcist because I would become possessed like the child in The Exorcist if I watched it. Um, But, like, I can see if you were, like, dabbling in, like, dark tarot or you were getting a crystal that was supposed to, like, you know, curse your enemy or something. But I feel like getting a nice crystal that's supposed to, like – yeah bring happiness to you and your loved ones and you know sage smudging your house that's supposed to get rid of bad spirits yeah, exactly. so i feel like atlantic fact check your sources
0: yeah it's also like a lot of like native american communities use sage for like other mm-hmm. stuff and like they're not getting possessed by the devil i also think which we talked a little bit about it when chris and christian were on that mm-hmm. if you're like open to that kind of thing if you're like yeah totally i'll talk to the devil, like. It can happen Mm -hmm. for you, but if you're like, I'm gonna shut that shit down, it's not gonna happen. Like some people are just like more open to that kind of stuff and more like susceptible to just like crazy nonsense and mental health issues are on the rise too. So it could be that Mm -hmm. as well. Like people who are actual psychopaths know how to like trick psychiatrists and stuff like that. So that definitely Well and also there's
1: not you know, I could go on a whole soapbox about this, but it's not really like we don't really have good intuitive questioning in place that our mental health professionals are using to really get to the bottom of what is bothering people. So they someone could go in and they could ask them, you know, the general set of psycho questions and they could pass with flying colors, but that doesn't mean that they're not suffering from a mental illness.
0: Right. Or maybe people are just getting actually possessed. Who knows?
1: I mean, who knows? Who knows?
0: It was very interesting. I'll post a link. So anyways I'm at the Girl Boss Rally, so there's there was a lot of panels and workshops. And what I like about Girl Boss is, it. I mean, we were just talking about like the woo woo stuff, so obviously I'm gonna, um, you know, be contradicting myself here, but it's very like concrete. Like they mm-hmm. tell you, like they give very real, not general advice. Like I negotiated my salary. This is how much I was making. This is what industry I was in. This is exactly how I broached the conversation. Like. There's a lot of real-life examples that are very specific, which I appreciated, and that definitely mm-hmm. went over into the conference, so I took some notes on some good stuff that I learned. Share, please. The first session that was kind of after, like, the welcome remarks or whatever from, like, Sophia, which that's the other thing that I really liked, is, like, Sophia was there, and definitely, like, her touch was on some stuff, but, like, she only really spoke for, like, a maximum amount of, like, 30 minutes the whole two days. Oh, wow. And she, she did moderate some panels, but it was obviously about the people that she was talking to. So, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't as egocentric as I thought it was going to be. So anyways, um, this woman who is the CEO of L of S, I tried to write down people's names towards the end because I realized I wasn't. So I apologize um, to the people that I don't remember their names. Um, but the woman that started L of S, which is a female um, sort of online investing platform, um she has a background in financial services and she was originally like we don't need our own special thing but then she realized there's not only you know a pay gap which is a separate thing but the investing gap is even stronger like women just don't invest men which this is definitely true for like my parents age like men will have like investing clubs that women Mm -hmm. don't really have um and things of that nature. So she broke it down. This is very, very easy, especially for people that are very scared to know how much they're spending and things like that. It's really easy to just like set this up out of how much money you have. 50% should be your immediate needs. So that's like, you know, your housing, food, Mm -hmm. clothes, things of that nature that like you need to get through the next day. Um, 30% should be on fun stuff. And she was very big on that. Like, don't deprive yourself the fun. But it only really goes with the last bit that's like 20% is future use. So the first thing you should Mm -hmm. do absolutely is pay down any debt. So before you start putting into a 401k or anything like that, especially if you have credit card debt, pay it all down first and then that 20% can go towards um, a 401k or retirement account, um, something like that, even just savings. And then later, you can put it into an investing account. But obviously, if you're not, if you're just putting it in like a low interest savings, you're leaving money on the table. Um, and out of that 20%, you could take 1% and put it into like a fun sort of investing, like take $500 and teach yourself some tools. And it's kind of a low risk way to teach yourself how to invest. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what LVS
1: recommends. And I thought that was very easy. I, I think that is very easy. And I do really like it. But I do want to comment that. I've heard mixed things about that pay down your debt versus add to your 401k. Um, It's definitely important to pay down your debt, especially if you have high interest credit cards, but you know, you're capped at how much you can put in your 401k yearly anyway. So if you're not maxing that out or at least putting something towards it, you can really hurt yourself. In That's the future true. So I, I guess, would disagree with her there.
0: Yeah, it's she. I was paraphrasing, but it's basically like if you have a dollar, like if you have twenty percent of your income, and you're like, what do I do with it? Mm-hmm. If you're paying twenty five percent on a credit card, you should pay that off before you put anything into your four hundred one k. Because anything yeah. that th- anything that your four hundred one k is going to make is going to be wiped out by that twenty five percent interest. Yeah. But obviously if you like own your house and you have a mortgage like that's more long-term debt like don't pay your mm-hmm. mortgage off over 30 years before yeah. putting into your 401k. So look at yeah. like interest rates like if your 401k exactly. is going to make 7% but you're going to be paying yeah. 25% on a $10,000 credit card like you're yeah. wasting your money. So that's kind of what she was saying. But another statistic that she was talking about and why it's so important for women to invest for themselves and not rely on the men in their lives or waiting until it's too late is that 80% of men die married and 80% of women die alone after their spouse. Yep. So um, if you rely on your boyfriend or your husband to uh, do all of the investing or you just don't do it and you put it off until you're like 40 or something, um, you're not only leaving a lot of money on the table, but you're putting yourself substantially behind. And she also mentioned like... If you are married, make sure you know what what's in your name, what's in their name, what's in both of mm-hmm. your names. Um, you know, it seems really self-explanatory, but a lot of people don't know, and it makes a difference if the person dies and you don't have access to anything, even, like, your yeah. bank information. Like, a lot of women don't know, like, the passwords to their bank account and things like that. So just keep that in mind. Very um, smart. Yes. do to do Oh. So there was this woman um again, can't remember her first name, but she has a blog called muslimgirl.com and if you look her up on Instagram, she's like very cool looking and she wears like very um fancy like hijabs and things like that. She's like very fashion forward and she was on a panel and I tried to take a lot of notes on like millennial topics um oh. for the podcast and she was saying she's a little bit younger than I am. Um but she was saying that kids her age are a generation of founders because mm-hmm. the barriers to entry are so much lower than for older millennials and things like that. Um, and they're a little less afraid of taking risks, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. I also went to um, a breathwork workshop with this woman, her uh Instagram is at Wolf Medicine Magic, and it was very Ooh. cool, very relaxing. And the other woman, um, who was doing the workshop? She she makes like her own essential oils and she like sprayed them around the room and it like smelled really mm. nice. It was very fun. Love um, me
1: some essential oils.
0: Yes, and then probably my favorite panel. So I don't know if you've been to this, um, but the woman her name is Mary Ellen I think Mary Ellis something like that and she is the founder of Museum of Ice Cream, which I know uh, they have yeah. in like San Francisco and New York and. I haven't been, but I've seen pictures of it, honestly. Um, And, you know, it always seemed like one of those things that was, like, experiential marketing, like, getting people to take, like, fancy Instagram pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, And Instagram is obviously, like, their biggest marketing tool. But she really talked about how um, their main thing and the reason why she started the company was not involved with social media at all. It was because she moved to a new city and she didn't have a way to meet friends and she was like the only way that you can meet friends is by going to a bar or going to coffee or going to brunch and all those things cost a lot of money and sometimes are not super interesting and it's not a new experience or a way to get to know the city and it can feel very stale and so she was like what's something that people can do together that's not um you know that expensive that's fun that gets people out of the house and so she thought ice cream would be a good common thing that everyone likes and um she wants to spark creativity so that's like the thesis for museum of ice cream is bringing people together and sparking creativity and she said which i thought was so interesting and i don't know if she's just like full of shit and she was just saying this but it seemed pretty genuine she was like i didn't think that people would have their phones out at all until it started and that became Mm -hmm. and they're completely self-funded through revenue they don't have any Outside seed, money, no debt, nothing. Um, yeah. And she was like, we don't pay for advertising because people post about it. But she was like, it's really harmful. And she said that they have days where they you can get in for free if you check your phone at the door. And she was like, those are the most fun days. People are so connected. They give the best reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, we're trying to build new things that aren't so focused on social media, but also cognizant of the fact that that's our biggest uh, source of marketing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm so I just thought that was very interesting because I was always very cynical about those things like the refinery 29 like 29 rooms thing and like museum of ice cream and there's all these different um yeah like experiential marketing things but at least with her company she was like that was the end result but not what she set out to do and it, she actually seemed like pretty disturbed by it like she was pretty down on it so yeah I oh thought I think that's that- interesting
1: fascinating and I definitely am inspired now to go read more about her because I think this is something I think that I really struggle with and I've talked about this before as like a human and a small business owner it's just like I don't want to be putting everything out there but it's so important you know it's like that's how you make your money and it you know um Also, I love that the whole concept of the museum of ice cream is to make friends because I think this is something we come back to time and time again as millennials of, you know, why are we struggling to feel connected, Um, which I think is just really interesting.
0: It is interesting. And they talked a lot about that, like, during different panels. That was definitely a theme of, like, who uses social media, who doesn't. Like, Mm -hmm. it was definitely surprising to me how like companies that I thought were very focused on social media and that was like the main point of why they existed was Mm -hmm. like the synergies between the two was not that way. And that's what I found with that. Um, but there were other different things there. The other thing I liked about it was there was a lot of like cool sort of niche things like museum of ice cream and different startups, but there was also a lot of like really established companies like Uber, Target, Goldman, JP Morgan, um, different things like that which i thought was nice like it was kind of it integrated well between people who were like solo entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs and then people who had full-time jobs which i found really helpful like every talk was tailored either to one of those groups or they kind of spoke to both in a way that i thought was really good um mm-hmm. so that was really interesting um the girl boss collective i already talked about oh um They talked a lot about Gen Z, which are, like, the children um, demanding social action out of companies. Like, Mm -hmm. I think there was a woman who does, like, marketing at Target or something, and she was like, we never thought about that. And they brought up, like, the Pepsi commercial with Kendall Jenner that really blew up in everyone's face. And the fact that these things, it used to be sort of more, like oh, we're trying to do the right thing because it's, like, a marketing tool. But now they're, like, we're actually seeing the bottom line because people are actually voting with their dollars in a mm-hmm. way that they weren't before.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and people are more conscious of that. Like, I was just talking to someone the other day about how they canceled Amazon Prime, which I was, like, whoa. I never. understand. Everyone hates Amazon, but I will never do that. Like, people yeah. are actually doing these things, whereas before they might have talked about doing it or tried to seem mm-hmm. morally superior. So I thought that was interesting. Um Ariana Huffington gave out her email, which is ah at thriveglobal.com in case anyone wants oh. to email her. Hey Ariana. Um I heard from Jennifer Hyman from Rental One Way, who I love. I've heard her talk before. Oh, she's cool. And then my favorite uh workshop of the day, which I took a lot of notes on it, and it reminded me a lot of your workshop, Shay. It was called mm-hmm. Finding Your Personal Brand, um, by Olivia Christian. And she's she was definitely and she talked about it during kind of her spiel, but she applied, like, through the Google Doc to be a speaker, mm. and she's, like, not famous. She has, like, 300 followers on Instagram, like, oh, wow. totally accessible, and she's, like, a sole entrepreneur. She gives these workshops mostly focusing around, like, storytelling and telling your personal brand, and mm-hmm. she was really cool, and she basically got the gig because she aggressively emailed them for, like, six weeks, yeah. and then they were like, oh, yeah, Lie. we'll do it, and she didn't even know up until, like, the week before that they actually, like we're going to go through with it. Like she was kind of mm-hmm. getting the run around, but I thought it was my favorite uh, session that's of the day. Thing. Oh, cool. um, but the whole thing was like coming up. It She has to pick like something in your life, some project um, or your job or something. Um, but this could be applicable to anything in your life and figuring out a three minute sort of like an elevator pitch, but something um, that's a call to action that people can relate to your story and then understand what you want to get from them at the end of the story. And so she talks about, like, starting with a challenge that you face, a choice that you made, and then a call to action, sort of these things, Um, what audience you want to speak to, the outcome that you want, what action people can take, etc. So I thought I would read my uh, personal brand story about Camp Adulthood that I furiously wrote. You can see my notes because it was very rushed. She only gave us 10 minutes and... um, so we had to like write down our story and then we got into like groups of four, um, which it was awesome. actually one of my groups group of four ladies um, works at Nike. She's a shoe designer oh, in Portland cool. yeah. um, which that was the other thing I met so many cool people and it wasn't like yeah. pretentious at all. Like the first day I met this woman who was like a stay-at-home mom. like I met a girl from Scotland who works on um, like healthcare access for like underprivileged people like, A lot of people and all these people flew in for this, yeah, just
1: for this thing. That's amazing.
0: Well, there was a lot of people who were like solopreneurs who go to a lot of conferences to like, like there were definitely people there who you could tell were like networking for their business, which is fine. Like they talked about that at the Mm -hmm. beginning. They were like, "This is a networking conference. Like you should get to know people and connect and whatnot." Um, I wasn't there for that. Like, I liked talking to people, but I was mostly there for just like personal development and because it looked cool. Um. But there were definitely, like, there was a woman that I sat next to during one of the sessions who she does, like, back office IT for small companies. She's, like, a solopreneur. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, I budget $5,000 every year to, like, go to conferences. And she just, like, flies around. She's, like, that's how I get most of my clients. So mm-hmm. it was very interesting. So anyways, I will try to read this. I haven't looked at it in All a while. Right. But I thought it was go good. And can give some of our newer listeners an idea of the podcast. So, um... This, the, the audience for this is potential podcast listeners. Okay. Um, I moved in with Shay when I was in college. She is 10 years older and was strict about having visitors. She sent me an email saying that I had to wait 24 hours, give her 24 hours notice about having guests. So I was apprehensive about our age difference and our lifestyles. But over time, I realized we were both very similar and she was not as scary as was initially presented. Um, we both loved watching trashy TV at the end of the day. Um, and, uh, sorry, we were both similar and different in a lot of ways. We both loved watching trashy TV, but she was working at a small design studio while I was interning at a large investment bank. So we had differences in our, um, professional work environment. We both had moments of success and some trash bag moments of eating nothing but cheese and crackers for three meals in a row, AKA the adult Lunchable. Um, we realized our story wasn't out there—two millennial women, ten years apart, living in New York City and navigating life's peaks and pits. We dubbed our apartment "Camp Adulthood." Actually, I think Liz did, maybe?
1: Question mark. Liz did.
0: Yes, um, true. As we Much felt credit, Liz. Uh, as we felt this feeling of being temporarily responsible for ourselves while leaning on each other and the network of people around us. I was the resident youth. Um, which was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing because at the time I was working such a prestigious job, lol. After I moved out, I felt even more strongly that our unique perspective on the divide between older and younger millennials needed to be shared. We launched the podcast Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth a year and a half ago, um, where we both talk about our experiences as well as interviewing amazing millennial leaders. We would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast on your preferred podcast platform or follow us on Instagram at camp underscore adulthood and become a part of bridging the millennial divide. So what I did there was I started with a struggle, a.k.a. moving into the apartment together. Mm -hmm. I made a choice to uh, talk about that problem and make something out of it. And then I had a call to action at the end. So I like it, Maddie. You are quite good at this. Yes. So that is nice for interviews when people are like, Tell me about yourself, what brought you here? Or finding new clients or writing because really it it's it was like three minutes long, kind of, but it's not that much writing. It was like four paragraphs long. So it's pretty easy if someone is ever like, Tell me about yourself in an email to kind of have that and tailor it to different um experiences. So mm-hmm
1: that is kind of high level the girl boss rally. it was very fun I am so glad that you gave us that full download because I've been really excited to hear about your experience and it's I mean I really didn't know when you said you were going to this what you know, what it was going to be like for you. And now it sounds awesome. And yes, I definitely want to go next year. Yeah. I and... think the next one is going to be in the spring in LA. So that's even closer for you. Uh, Yeah. And yes, I definitely need to apply because I have like so many ideas I could talk to them about. And if this, what's her name, Olivia chick with 300 Instagram followers can get on there. Yeah. And I think I they're only
0: going to like expand it into more like workshop things because it definitely was a lot more like speakers. They had like little round tables where you could network. I didn't really go to those because I didn't care. um mm-hmm. But they didn't have a lot of like workshops like that. The one that I talked about with like the breath work, that was one. And then this personal brand one. But I would, that would be like my critique to them was that it was a lot of like famous people like jennifer hyman and like ariana huffington talking which was very cool um Mm -hmm. but i would have liked to see more like smaller group sessions so i think they really need that um but yeah you should definitely apply or at least come because i met a lot of very cool people and i know a lot of people that like were networking very aggressively yeah um so it could be a very good opportunity. But it was very fun. I have, like, pictures on my Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Um, I got to take, like, a professional headshot where they did my makeup for me, which was very Ooh, glamorous. Um Share that. Yeah. And I got a bag with, like, a bunch of shit that mm. was really great. Um, So it was definitely worth I paid $500. I feel like I should say that. But it was totally worth it. Like, they fed us breakfast and lunch and... You got all these products and it was like two full days from like nine to like seven. I left early both days because I was very, very tired, but there were full days of stuff and I felt like it was a little something for everyone. Like if you wanted to just do like the networking, you could do that. If you wanted to just sit there and listen to speakers, if you wanted to just like do shopping and like just hang out in like the atmosphere, you could do that. Like it was very kind of do it at your own pace and like I definitely want you to come and I want our listeners who are interested to come next time, but I thought it was a good experience, too, to go alone and kind of, Mm -hmm. like, meet up with people during the day that I had met, but kind of make my own schedule and not feel like I had to do anything. Like, there was no obligation because I didn't know anyone there, and I wasn't there with anyone. But it was very, very great. It definitely met or exceeded all of my expectations.
1: So Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting that so many of these kind of conferences and events um, are becoming really popular right now. And, I mean, you know... um, what's her butt that wrote work party she has one um, oh, yeah I also I forgot to mention cultivate. this
0: yeah the I know you've talked about her the woman that started ladies get paid she was ladies one of the speakers yeah which I thought yep. that one was really really interesting she talked about she gave sort of like a small talk on how to negotiate a higher salary or a higher um, wage if you're like a freelancer or something yeah therapy. um It was very cool. And she's doing, like, a one-day workshop in, like, December in Brooklyn. I thought about going, but it was like... Oh, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, but I was like, I'm too... I feel overloaded after doing the Girlboss rally. But there's so many of these things, and I think they're really great. And I think it's a good way to network, but also, like, experience things and hear people talk. Like, I would have never heard that Museum of Ice Cream Girl, and I would have died thinking that... She just did it to take advantage of Instagram, when really that's not the case. So,
1: yeah, and I think it's just you know it's interesting. All of these different uh, conferences, they just show that this is what millennials really value. They val value personal development, and if they're going to spend five hundred bucks on something, which I think is a completely attainable. I mean, I'm surprised honestly it was only five hundred dollars, but it's an attainable amount that's still a little bit of a stress that puts value on. The experience yeah um, I would have paid and, more honestly now that I've yeah.
0: gone to it because I got like $200 worth of products so that in mm-hmm. and of itself is like has paid for half of it plus um, you know like meeting people and hearing people speak like if I just went to go see Ariana Huffington speak I would have paid 40 or 50 dollars in New York yeah. but I got to see like 12 of those you know what I mean
1: yeah. so definitely yeah. worth it I think exactly I love it well now, I feel like my various hot topics are stupid. No, do it. I love it. So in depth.
0: Well, it's um, just because I had notes and I wanted to get it all down there because I was like, I feel like Girl Boss is a brand and yeah. it was very like Instagram y and like there were different like things around and the whole idea of the conference and everything is like very millennial. So I wanted to make sure I gave people the highlights and shared mm-hmm. what I learned. But yeah, I love it.
1: What are you? What is your topics well, that you have I will just minus kind of I'm just going to do a little co- some pop culture commentary oh I love it uh beginning it's it's gonna it's gonna take us to some interesting places. Uh it's gonna begin Great. that I saw that uh Jon Snow and his dumb face uh were accused of cheating on his wife, uh I Ro- knew Rose Leslie. Um but he like totally denies it and she denies it. But it's um it's a Russian model, uh Olga Vlasova. Can you imagine Jon Snow him.
0: having sex like Kit Harrington? I can't.
1: No, it's disgusting. Like I, I know he's no. had
0: like sex scenes right in game of thrones yeah yeah i just well, i
1: mean it, i do have to say him and his now actual wife irl that, that was a pretty sexy scene nah. Nah. i think she okay.
0: brought like 80 percent and he brought like 20 percent.
1: well exactly in terms of sexiness uh rose leslie is like a thousand percent i feel like i, I should put Kate this on a Harrington t-shirt is, like four percent john
0: sexy. i'm gonna put this on a t-shirt right. next ray of merch yeah john snow cries during sex
1: yeah, I love that. I think just, I think we should just make a t-shirt that says Don Snow's dumb face." It's true, but and then maybe with a picture of. His face. I've talked
0: to so many people about this, including Corey, many times, and everyone thinks that our opinion is wrong. So I don't know how many t-shirts we're going to sell.
1: Well, you know, we can just so get what, one for you each. And I can each wear one. Great. Um, but anyway, it basically got me thinking as I think about regularly, and I don't know why this stresses me out. But uh, so Maddie and I began. And watching Game of Thrones together. And Maddie is the only person I can watch Game of Thrones with because she's the only person who, like me, both appreciates it and thinks it's full of things like fake medieval technology and (laughs) Jon Snow's dumb face.
0: It's true. Um, Why don't they have the guillotine?
1: So so dumb. Um, But here is my problem. I'm now – I have to watch season five, six, and seven. And I still want to watch it with Maddie. Because we, we're committed to watching it together, but now now when we see each other, we have too many other activities, and now I'm so far behind, so do I watch it by myself? What is the etiquette of when one starts watching a Netflix series or HBO series with one's best friend, and then, you know, the show takes two years to come out with the next season, or someone moves, like, what well, is the etiquette? Why does Emily Post not talk about this? I know, well, there's
0: there's a couple things that I think we could do one is that personally I won't be offended if you continue watching it um, I mean that's what I figured but I'm just for the sake of the podcast we could um, do it I feel like it's not going to be the same experience if you like watch it with David or something because he probably really likes it and doesn't think John Snow I is think stupid he's Watched it. oh okay well yeah. um, well then you can't he would have to catch up to season 5 or whatever before yeah. like you know you would be able to watch it with him um mm-hmm. but I feel like watching it alone like I've tried watching it alone like before you and I started watching it and I don't find it interesting enough to captivate my attention without someone else to banter with yeah so that's I agree. my problem which is why I don't think it's the best show ever made but what we could do is we could say like okay once a week like during this week we watch this episode and then we can like text each other about it so we're still like like, I can, like, I like live text you, like, oh, I'm watching episode two, and then even if you're doing something else, you'll pick up your phone and you'll have 15 texts from me that will all be very funny comments about the episode that you just watched.
1: I enjoy this plan.
0: Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So I think Perfect. that's that's Done. the solution. Or I was going to suggest, because Corey and I used to do this when we were a long distance, but it's kind of hard to coordinate, is Skype watching mm-hmm. something. Like, you basically both press play Super. at the same time, and then you have the Skype up. But yeah, as As an
1: ancient millennial, that's too many electronics for me at once. Yeah. So So, continuing my pop culture commentary, um, I saw this is just this is a huge rabbit hole of various (laughs) things for me. Uh, But it begins with me seeing this article in Marie Claire uh, online that says, Karina Evans is the storyteller we need right now. I was like, okay, I like storytelling. Let me read about this. Um, It's by a writer called Rachel Epstein. So I... I'm reading about it. It's really interesting. It's an article about this Karina Evans, who's 22, and she's directed um, a bunch of music videos and uh, has really gotten a lot of acclaim, and she's doing very, very well for herself. So before I go into more about Karina, I just want to say it really annoyed me, this girl, because <laughs> who wrote the article, because she's like, now, this Evans... Karina Evans is clearly a genius. She's clearly the <laughs> wonder kid of this industry. And this girl who I looked at the other articles she wrote, and yeah, I'm gonna be judgy, uh, what are your name is again, Rachel. Uh, you write articles called like Meghan Markle's six best hairstyles. And now you are trying to compare yourself with an Emmy nominated, uh, genius child director. Well, I will I, say she probably yeah. didn't pick the headline, but no no that's not what i'm saying so in the article rachel writes evans and i connected instantly as millennial women in our early 20s first of all if you're in your early 20s (laughs) you are not a millennial that's true
0: i consider myself still in my early 20s i'm not 25 yet
1: that's true okay then i will be in my mid-20s you're borderline yes um were often labeled very young in a condescending way. When I told her how inspired I was by her craft, taking traditional music videos and transforming them into short films and referenced our one-year age difference, she immediately (laughs) understood what I meant. I used to lie about my age, so I often forget I'm 22. You know how it is, she says to me over the phone. We have to stick together. There's such a false perception about millennials and young women. I just kept that a little secret for a while. And I just was like, this whole dumb. paragraph is dumb, and just shows how both of you are children.
0: Yeah, I feel uh, like it's it's also indicative yeah. of some potential bad editing at Marie Claire because it, it reminds me, not that the subject matter is the same at all, but there was an article that came out um, in the New York Magazine that got a lot of shit, and it was a profile of soon Previn, who's Woody uh, Allen's wife, mm-hmm. and... The magazine got a lot of shit because the person who was profiling them is a close personal friend of Woody Allen and Soon Yi. And they inserted a lot of, you know, personal sort of effects of like why they're so close and things like that. And it just undermines the journalistic credibility of the article and the objectivity if you're making it about yourself. Yeah. So I feel like it's a little bit of that as well.
1: Yes, exactly. So, like, it's just I, I poor just... writing. It's poor writing, and that's why I'm like, I don't, this girl, like, I'm very glad you're an assistant editor at Marie Claire. I know that's a hard gig to get, and I really appreciate it, but you are so full of yourself, and I, Yeah. there's something that happens as you, like, flip into your mid to late 20s where you go from being a know-it-all little shit, and I can say this because I was a know-it-all little shit, um, to being like, I know nothing, but you have a lot more life experience, and I still feel like I know nothing. But anyway, um, but I did look at some of uh, Miss Evans's work, and she's clearly very, very talented. And uh, what interested me is her most recent video that she directed, which is um, Nice for What by Wheelchair Jimmy, as I like to call him, <laughs> a.k.a. Drake. <laughs> Love it. Um, if you don't know why I call Drake Wheelchair Jimmy and why I have a complete monologue about how drake needs to check himself before he wrecks himself because he will forever be wheelchair jimmy from degrassi um the next generation you can you know send me an instagram message and i'll tell you because i think i've already said this on here before so i watched nice for what it's it's really beautifully shot and um here is the description as was kind of Uh, was in this article so it said Drake dropped the video for his second single Nice For What from his new album Scorpion Issa Rae, Olivia Wilde Tiffany Haddish, Rashida Jones Zoe Saldana, Letitia Wright Tracy Ellis Ross and Yara Shahidi were just a few of the iconic women who starred in the 4 minute 22 second feel good video laughing, swimming modeling and joy dancing as Ross famously calls it to the rapper's empowering female anthem i've so, never actually
0: heard this song i mean it's just also Milcare why is Jimmy... drake writing female empowerment songs yes, yes. thank
1: you madeline <laughs> thank you because we did not plan this ahead of time we did not we did not we just agree on many things so i was watching this and i wanted to <laughs> drake love it is another one that probably of... cries during sex oh he yeah drake definitely cries during sex um yeah, the whole song is basically Drake for um, four minutes and 22 seconds going, you be nice for what? Nice for what? Sorry, that is me making fun of Drake.
0: <laughs> <That's> what, that <laughs> was amazing. Daily.
1: That's probably better but... than the actual song. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. So, But I loved the video. It's all these incredible women, all these different races and orientations and... There is a lot of joy in it, and it's just—it's a really—I mean, again, this Karina Evans is incredibly talented, and she shoots this beautiful, beautiful video with these incredibly strong, powerful, iconic women. I mean, oh my God, Tracy Ellis Ross is one of my favorites of all time, and—but then it's but Drake. Why is wheelchair Jimmy? <laughs> Sorry, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm, Maddie's gonna be so mad at me because I'm like screaming into the mic and hitting the table, but no, I'm just fine. so incensed by the fact that wheelchair Jimmy the least of all rappers, has to make this song about female empowerment while there are millions of amazing female rappers out there who could have, and I'm sure that Drake did not write this song because Drake (laughs) is useless. And why wasn't this song sold to a female rapper? You could have done everything exactly the same, but if you had a female artist singing it, I would have been like, yes, I love this women are awesome but the fact that these really iconic powerful women were okay with being this vehicle for Drake's music sorry I turned it on because I wanted to listen to it is this it
0: hold on we'll get it to the chorus dance party I just want to hear Drake oh that's him okay okay so it's like typical drake i
1: see i just wanted to get a context for the song before we continue the discussion so anyway i just like i mean i love the concept i love the women i love the direction i can even like the 10 seconds i just saw it looked very beautiful yeah i i can give him a high five but the idea that still, after all of this work and all of this women, the work that these particular women have done, that they have to use freaking wheelchair Jimmy to have a platform just enrages me. Uh, yeah. But also, that can it-
0: we remember Hotline Bling and that video? It was not good. Yeah.
1: It was a yeah. meme. Have you ever seen the video, the great video that me, myself, and former guest of the pod uh, Jen and our friend Danielle did where we made Danielle's puppets dance to Hot Lang Bling.
0: No, like the puppets from her like Puppet Instagram.
1: Yes. Oh no, we, we made them seen do Bling, and it was oh, one of the best ones.
0: Yeah, that's it's an appropriate uh, song for that. It's an appropriate song for puppets. It's not an appropriate song for Tracy Ellis Ross and other esteemed women.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All exactly. of his
0: music videos should be puppets because that is the type of music he makes. We're gonna get so much so, hate mail for this because people love. How, uh, Game of Thrones and Drake so much
1: yeah right and I think the thing is that, like at the end of the day like I too love Game of Thrones I too love these powerful women yeah. and you know what I like I said wheelchair I like Jimmy yeah, he's I fine. give you a high five you're cool you're a cool dude you're a cool dude but still enraging Yeah. so that is my my uh, hot campfire commentary on pop culture for this week love it um, did you so, have other topics well the only thing is when you were talking about um so off mic before we began recording maddie was talking about reading the subtle art of not giving a fuck uh which i want to read because i think it's something i could benefit from and some of my clients could benefit from but um we I, I don't know why it made me think of this but it made me think of my least favorite millennial inspirational quote are you ready yes It is, you have just as many hours in the day as Beyonce. This is crap because (laughs) Beyonce has 1,000 more hours in a day than I do because she has – A stylist and a cook and a chef and several nannies and several housekeepers and a driver and a social media expert and she can just work on her creative work all day and hug her babies and I'm not saying that Beyonce doesn't work hard I'm really trying to make all of our listeners hate me because now I'm like (laughs) no I get what you're saying but I just think when we put that out there as an expectation for people like you're gonna fall short because again Beyonce is a genius, and she has a huge team. I am not a genius, and I have no team. So, (laughs) no, I don't have as many hours in the day as Beyonce. Today proved it, as I got distracted by many things. Yeah. Um, So I definitely
0: agree that that they talk a little bit about that very thing in the subtle art of not giving a fuck that most people are very average, obviously. The operative word being average most people are average and ordinary and won't do extraordinary things like Beyonce but if you do and he kind of talks about a little bit of like the exceptionalism of millennials and the way that we were raised to think that we were special and things like this and to think that you you have a whole plethora of options so therefore you can do anything and you can do all these great things it's like actually most people won't fulfill that Because they don't have the ability they don't have the time, but you have to be able to be happy with what you have and not compare yourself to others, but compare yourself to how you were yesterday. Exactly. So don't compare yourself to Beyonce, compare yourself to yourself kind of thing.
1: And I think this is the thing that it just sets this, it's even less about comparison and I think it sets an unrealistic expectation. Um, Because again, like you said, you only have to be better than you were yesterday and you have... To learn how to be content with what you have. And I think we put a real, in American culture, there's this huge value on hustle. And I think hustle is really important. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, I've worked for entrepreneurs, but you can be. There's a couple um, writers that I found recently that I've been following who are amazing writers and who do plenty of hustling, but they have decided not to make their life about the hustle and they're not any less successful. Yeah, they talk you know? about that so, at the
0: Boss rally, actually. Ariana Huffington, which her new business is called Thrive, and it's like, she has a website and everything, but basically when she was running the Huffington Post, she had, like, a huge health crisis where she was, like, exhausted mm-hmm. and dehydrated and wasn't taking care of herself. And so she, when she left mm-hmm. the Huffington Post, she started this business that's all about... um You know, being productive and taking care of yourself and what that actually means and the Mm -hmm. science behind drinking water and getting enough sleep and these very basic things that no one does um, and how important Mm -hmm. it is to thriving and she talked about that with Sophie Amor who was kind of moderating the talk that there's this like hustle porn online of like Mm -hmm. who can work harder who has the most posts online who has the most products launching Mm -hmm. and you see it with celebrities like people are trying to do more with less, or, you know, who works harder, yeah. or even in the corporate world, worlds, like who's working the most hours, these types of things that don't really mean anything. Exactly.
1: And I think it's really interesting, like I was having actually talked about this with a client of mine today, who, she's an incredible woman, and I'm so proud of her, but she is currently um, changing careers. So she's worked her ass off, so she can actually take six months off from work And figure out like what exactly does she want to do and I don't think she would mind me sharing this but in our call today you know every day every time I have a call with someone I ask about their wins and challenges and she said one of her challenges was resisting the urge to sleep in and take a nap or take a nap during the day and I was like we need to stop putting these value judgments on things like taking a nap like You've worked yeah, your ass off good for, for 15 your years. You're about to work your ass off for another 40 years. Like you've got six months. If your body is saying you need to rest, then you need to rest. If your mind is saying take a break, take a break. Like there's no inherent value. I, I know Ben Franklin says, you know, early to bed, early to rise, rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and rise. But there is really no inherent value in waking up at 5 a.m. You know, But if waking up at 5 a.m. makes you personally a more productive person, then do it. But if waking up at 10 a.m. makes you live your best life, wake up at 10 a.m. So this episode can be subtitled, Shay Has Many Rants.
0: No, I love it. I think that's very important. And I think we obviously social media fuels this. But even just like corporate culture, like I see it at work where people are like, oh, well, so-and-so took – an hour and a half lunch yesterday it's like okay well we also we don't know what they were doing first of all but like yeah who cares as long as they're getting their work done and they're happy and their boss is happy with their work like I think that's kind of the mindset and I think Uh um you know it was interesting too at the conference they talked about kind of the trends in Uh like wellness and like fitness and stuff like that and they were like 10 or 15 years ago it was all about like exercise whether that was like crossfit or like doing yoga like yoga had a huge boom like 10 15 years ago um yeah and that's still very popular but it was all about like physical movement and then now it's kind of turning more to like an individual like sort of more spiritual thing and yeah. but it's definitely all trends and they were like you can't look at your own self-care which even that in of itself is like an overused term whatever mm-hmm. but like you can't look at it in terms of a trend and what's available on social media. You have to look at what works for you. And if you're one of those people that loves to, you know, do CrossFit every morning, like, do it. And if you're listening to a podcast and they're like, well, you should be meditating more and you shouldn't be working your body out as much. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about that with Emily as well. Like, there obviously is science and at a certain point you're pushing yourself too hard. But people work at different wavelengths. And I've definitely seen that, like, even at this conference. Like, there were some women who were like, I only work six hours a day and, like, I spend so much time with my kids and then there were other women that were like when I was building my business it was so motivating that I was waking up naturally at 5 a.m. and going to bed at midnight Mm -hmm. and like I just loved working on my business and that's what made me happy but it's like that's what I like about seeing all those stories kind of together and not focusing on one thing and getting multiple opinions.
1: Yeah I think you're so right and I think we need to as women particularly we need to be more vocal than that and that is one thing I have to say like even though I've probably the like theme of 2018 for me is gonna be I struggled with social media but I do really like that I think there your are social a lot media of is really good thank you it's just not as like I need to be more consistent with it and I need to like I need to yeah. just use it
0: I think it's also like not to get into like a philosophical discussion about yeah. your job but like I think there's it's making the shift between like personal social media mm-hmm. and like professional cuz like i was yeah. talking to my job about this and i even saw it cuz i don't really post instagram stories cuz it's too much work and like i don't really care cuz i'm not really trying to like yeah brand myself but the engagement i saw like when i was posting stories from the girl boss rally was like almost all of my followers were looking at them and i don't yeah. know if that's cuz it was a novelty thing cuz i never post them so people were like oh what's maddie posting Mm -hmm. or if it was, like, the content or whatever, but I think, like, utilizing those tools and thinking about it, like, the same way, like, I have to send, like, a weekly flash of, like, financial information to my boss and, like, different stakeholders, like, thinking about it that way of, like, Instagram stories, like, we're gonna post, like, one per week and just setting those goals. I don't know if that would be helpful, but I think i can see in what you're talking about like it's a struggle between like oversharing and like how to utilize it and Mm -hmm. thinking of it as a chore and like i think that way about my personal social media but in terms of like stuff that i do for my job that i would never do for my personal life like yeah you just some of
1: that yeah yeah anyway i think it's really i think it's all very interesting um but we have been jibber-jabbering for almost an hour so should we move on to the practice tent do a couple questions and how many do we have left well, have got to be getting think, close to the end, right? Well, there's like 30 some. Okay. Did we do the what is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Yes. Okay. Did we do what do you value most in a friendship? Yes. So treasured memory.
0: Uh, yes. It was like treasured Terrible and then memory. like worst memory. Yeah,
1: we did those. Yeah. Okay, uh, so if you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, what would you change about the way you are now living? I think Why? we did that one. I think we did that, too. Yeah. Uh, what does friendship mean to you? Yes, we did that. because I What it was roles simple. do love and affection play in your life? Yes, we did that because that was the last episode because we talked about the love languages. Oh, perfect. Yes, because we've been doing it in threes. Okay. Yeah. Um, number 22. Uh, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, this is good. Okay, this is going to be called the Maddie and Shay Love Fest. Great. Alternate sharing something you consider a positive uh, characteristic of your partner. I'm saying Maddie is my partner. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Share a total of five items.
0: Oh, and we're supposed to go back and forth?
1: Yes. Say that again. It's
0: positive quality?
1: Yes. Alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Okay. Uh, Share a total of five items. Okay.
0: Great. I'll start.
1: Okay. Shay
0: is a great dog mom and also a great stepmom to the children. Aww, slash dog. You, but I think Benson is a good dog. And I don't think there's anything as a good or bad dog, only good or bad owners. And I think Shay is a good I...
1: owner. Oh, thank you. Uh, Maddie, I think you are an extremely hard worker. And I love that you always just get things done and that you don't like you don't him and haw over it you just are like okay I'm gonna do this and then you do it and it's always awesome
0: thanks um I think your I guess we'll go back to what we were saying what we were talking about earlier I think your social media is really good and I also really like your blog posts which there hasn't been anyone recently but oh, I really like you.
1: the old ones and I look forward to more I love that you're inspiring me to work more. Um, I really enjoy that even though Maddie kind of works this corporate financy job, even though she works at a very cool company, she is also one of the coolest people that I know and is just always in touch with, um, like, cool pop culture things and music and, like, Maddie reads a lot of really interesting books and I love the things that you put in your brain
0: wow it's so nice I don't think anyone's ever called me cool before <laughs> um, <sighs> I really like this is these are probably supposed to be about like personality things but like whatever I really enjoy Shea's different <laughs> um, hairstyles like you had a very cool half shaved haircut mm. for a while and now you have a very cute short hair and I like that you take risks
1: um, I Love how Maddie is, loves her family so much and is really um, involved with her brother and her parents even though sometimes her brother, friend of the pod, Jackson, is a bing bong.
0: Yes, Jackson is a bing bong. I could probably say the same about you, but I won't use that as my fourth one, Thank but you, you also can. care That's a lot right. about your family. Okay, sure, I'll go with that. Shay cares okay. a lot about her family and she puts them before herself a lot of times. So, yeah, they um, should be very grateful. Yeah,
1: thank you. Uh, I think Maddie is, even though she is a toughie, she, you're also a secret uh, softie. And I like that you love puppies and The Bachelor and some oh, yes. very lovely things like that.
0: Oh, my God. Everyone loves
1: puppies. I know. Um Gosh, what I the feel like one? I oh. have so many compliments for you, but it's very hard to think. Yeah, it's I'm hard to think on spot. the spot. I will say yeah. Shay is very
0: accomplished because she has two master's degrees and she started her own business, which is very scary. Um, but she's done a lot of very cool
1: things, and I'm like, maybe I'll go to grad
0: school. We'll see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you. That makes me feel good because sometimes I feel like I haven't had always the best plan even though it all works out um I would also say that Maddie is very smart and she's also accomplished many things and has traveled all over the world and I just love um your kind of old soul I think that's very cool
0: okay great I'm sure that was so enlightening for our listeners listening to all of that yes I agree
1: Um, um okay number 25 Make three true we statements. For instance, we are both in this room feeling... (laughs) Well,
0: we're not in the same room, so that
1: one's not applicable. Yeah. Okay. uh, On to the next one. Um, Um, We're both excellent podcast hosts. We're excellent podcast hosts. We are both feeling very impassioned about today's topics. And we both... Um... Love each other. I think yes. that's true. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So the next one is, I wish I had someone with whom I could share dot, dot, dot. Ooh. See, these are getting, like, very romantical, so it's kind of hard no, to No, I like it. It's funny. Fringe. Okay.
0: <laughs> I like it. I don't think that's yeah. romantical. I well, think that's okay, just, yeah. like, you know, yeah. you could be like, but I, I want bad. someone to share a, a sandwich. Yes. Um, no, I don't know. Honestly, I feel like I... I don't really have a lot of like secrets that I'm like I need the perfect person Great. to share this with, you know what yeah. I mean? Like So, I don't really know. Like I feel like I share what's appropriate and then with the appropriate person.
1: Yeah. I but agree. I I, I I'd
0: like I don't know. I mean, I guess you could talk about like sharing like a like a vacation or something like that. Yeah. Like we were talking about like you're thinking about hiking the Pacific crest trail with like some buds. Yeah. Like fun. that's a nice experience to
1: share with people. I wish I had someone to share my hatred of raisins with. You hate raisins? I hate them so much, Maddie. I don't even understand. They're like disgusting sour flies in your cookie.
0: <laughs> do you do you dislike both the the purple ones and the other types, like the lighter ones that are if sometimes I... in like a salad?
1: like the golden raisins yeah if a golden raisins are like <laughs> cooked in something i can handle it but like just a plain one you don't like oh it's so disgusting how do you feel
0: so about like craisins disgusting. like a cranberry raisin
1: um, so it's taken me almost 34 years, but I do like a craisin. I do like some dried fruit. I'm just really not into dried fruit fruit in general. But uh, r- raisins are the only food I passionately hate, and most people are like, you're a weirdo. So I wish I could share that with somebody. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a good one. Um, okay. If you were... This see these the next two don't really make sense. Okay, but I'll read, we'll read them, read them anyways. Decided, right? Okay, if you are going to become a close friend with your partner, please share what would be important for him or her to know.
0: Like if you and I were to become friends.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: see, I feel like a lot of these are like repetitive, but yeah, I, agree. I, I understand why because I feel like some people like they share different things with friends than they and they would hide it from like a partner, yeah, a partner. Yeah. um yeah I don't know I I feel like as I've gotten older I don't really like to go out as much so, and I mm-hmm. feel like that's impacted friendships we've talked about that like people like get all spun up because you don't see them very often so I would yeah. be like hey listen we can be friends but like I'm not gonna hang out with you every weekend all the time yeah. um so I guess that would be one thing but other than I like- that I don't know I feel like I don't really have that different of like a relationship between people I don't know I feel
1: like I'm kind of the same to everyone (laughs) so I feel like we can do two more because the next one is just complimenting each other again and then the next one is uh is it a
0: specific type of compliment
1: yeah it says tell your partner what you like about them be very honest this time saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met I know. It's weird. I mean, I feel so like I we like, just did that. Maybe that's yeah.
0: why they're repetitive, because as you do this over time, the answers are supposed to get, like, deeper and deeper. Oh, uh,
1: maybe, yeah.
0: Um, maybe that's why. Don't well, lie this time. I didn't lie last time. Yeah. I mean,
1: I still this think you're pretty and smart. Quiz thinks that we're a bunch of sociopaths. Yeah. Um Okay. So, luckily, the rest of the questions that we can do, like, the next seven are, like, more specific. Okay. Um. Number 29, that we'll just do this one and then we can stop it. Okay. Because it's a specific question. And then, by the way, once we finish these, I have another list of 100 questions oh my that God. i recently found that I think they're I like conversation starters. So I think they'll be better. Yeah, I love okay. it. Okay. 29. Share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. Oh. <sighs> I feel like this
0: is a very basic question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is going to make me sound like a jackass, but I like really don't. I'm like kind okay. of impervious to being embarrassed. Um, but I don't know, I'm sure there's something like in my youth, but like I'm trying to think about recently or like a scarring moment. I don't really have anything that like jumps out as like, oh my god, that was so embarrassing.
1: I have to say I'm the same way. <laughs> I don't really like, we're the worst. Get we are the worst. But I don't relatable say, to I... anyone when I was, like, your age and I had first moved to New York, I had a really bad, like, um, blushing problem, especially when, like, maybe I was just, like, so fresh and innocent and off the boat, but especially, like, when my boss, who was a man, would, like, talk to me. And he was definitely, like, some of the stuff he said wouldn't fly today, but back in 2010 it did. Um, And uh, then I would be embarrassed because I was blushing. Like, I wasn't blushing because I was
0: embarrassed. I was, like... It's like but you get anxious about your anxiety that. kind of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: exactly. That's so. very common and relatable. I don't know. I'm, like, trying to think of of something. I did, I guess this is kind of a common answer, but I'll tell this story because mm-hmm. it's kind of related and something that popped in my head. But when I was um, doing competitive speech and debate in high school, there was this tournament. Like, you had the regular season, so there were, like, tournaments every weekend, mm-hmm. and then there was, like districts, regionals, state finals. And that was like the season. But then outside of that in like a separate sort of channel, they had this um, tournament that didn't mean anything for like all of that state stuff. Um, It was just like a fun tournament and it was on Mackinac Island, which is the Island between the upper and lower peninsula of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And there's no cars there. There's only horses and it's very like old timey and fun. And there's this big old hotel called the grand hotel. And they would have a speech and debate tournament and they would mm-hmm. also have slam poetry and, like, other things. And um, I started going there in middle school. But it's really, like, it's a high school tournament. But you can enter it as a middle schooler. Um, and one time when I was in middle school, it was, like, because it wasn't part of, like, the regular season. So I used to do, like, very serious speeches on, like, concussions in sports and things like that. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be, like, you could do something serious if you wanted. Or you could, like, do something really funny. So, like, mm-hmm. a couple years. Like, one year I did, like a piece from like the Powerpuff Girls I like read it as like a dramatic reading dumb but one year I wrote one of the categories was informative speaking so you pick Mm -hmm. a topic so like during the regular season for example one of my friends did a speech on bagels like the history of bagels how you make a bagel Mm -hmm. things like this you have like visual aids so I did my speech for the junk tournament on Mm -hmm. embarrassing moments and it was a very serious topic on like it was a very s- serious speech that I wrote about, like, the psychology behind why people get embarrassed, what pe- what people's biggest, like, embarrassing fears are. Ooh. I read, um like, a thing that I found from, like, David Letterman's show on, like, the top ten embarrassing moments from people. All the while, the comedic part comes in, I looked like an embarrassing moment. So, like, I had, like, my fly down. I had, like, shit in my teeth. I had, like, pit stains. I had, like... Oh, my God. Like stuck. I had like toilet paper stuck to my shoe and I but I walked into the room like that. So people have been looking. You might go last. So I've been sitting in this room for an hour looking like a hot mess. Oh, my God. And then people are like and then I'm like, I'm here to tell you about the psychology of embarrassing moments. And then people. Oh, my God, crack I love up. It. But I had to walk around the tournament like that because I had to set myself up and it was very like back to back to back. Yeah. And so I would, like, be in the hallway looking like a hot mess, and people would be like, oh, my God, you have, like, toilet paper on your shoe. And then I would be like, oh, sorry. And then they would notice that I have shit in my teeth that this was happening for a whole weekend. <laughs> uh,
1: I did not uh, win, evidently. Uh, sadly. Sadly. But it was good. No. Ugh. Excellent, excellent practice tent today. Yeah. All right, campers. We love you. Uh, Thank you. Yes. Check out the new logo. For joining us. Check out the new logo. And... We'll see you next week. That's all. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yerge, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield, and this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com, and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page, where you can be a subscriber, and there are many cool prizes. Thanks, campers! We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood.